Welcome back to The Reeducation. Today's show is about the similarities between Donald Trump and an ancient Roman populist named Tiberius Gracchus. Not a perfect analogy, but the similarities between these two patricians who betrayed their ruling class give us an insight into how to deal with the threat populist demagogues pose to republics. My guest is Tim Miller, a former strategist for Jeb Bush's campaign in 2016, a contributor to The Bulwark, and the author of a new memoir, Why We Did It. Now, Tim and I disagree on many things having to do with Donald Trump. So enjoy a contentious debate today. But first, a monologue. I have the gravest news for you. At this very moment, Tiberius is proclaiming himself king. He has indicated through his aides to bring the royal crown. Now is the time to act. He wants to be king. It is our duty to the gods, to the people. We must protect the republic. What you've just heard is from a 2010 BBC dramatic depiction of the prelude to the demise of a Roman tribune named Tiberius Gracchus. He came from a patrician family, but in his political career, he took on the establishment. Now, the role of tribune in Republican Rome, it was a counterbalance to the aristocratic senate. The tribune was elected by the plebeians, and they were supposed to give a voice to Rome's people, the, the populare. And Tiberius Gracchus took his job very seriously. His main agenda was agricultural reform. It's a law that he supported that would redistribute recently conquered Roman lands in Italy from the landed gentry to the landless plebeians. Now, there was a faction of liberal reformers in the Roman Senate at the time that supported Tiberius Gracchus's plan. But most of the senators hated these reforms. So they began to bribe other tribunes, which had the power to veto in the People's Assembly the law that Tiberius Gracchus supported and very much wanted to pass. One of those tribunes, Octavius, vetoed the measure entirely. Now, normally, according to Roman tradition, that's that. The veto, it's over better luck next time. But Tiberius did not agree. So he arranged a vote in the assembly to effectively oust Octavius as a tribune. And he physically removed him, which you're not supposed to do, from the assembly itself. It was an unprecedented move. And then Tiberius himself began to veto everything else in the people's assembly, grinding Rome to a halt, the capital of an empire. The treasury was closed. So was the Roman Senate. And eventually, because of this pressure, the Senate cried uncle and agreed to Tiberius's reforms. He wasn't done, though. He also took another unprecedented step. You could say Tiberius Gracchus was a 2nd century BCE norm violator, <laughs> but he wasn't done. Tiberius Gracchus took another unprecedented step of seeking a second term as tribune. Again, that was not done at the time. And yet, because of his growing popularity the vote was almost assured to go his way. People really liked Tiberius Gracchus because he was fighting for them. The scene that opened the monologue 
it takes place right as Tiberius looks like he's going to win his second term in an election that many senators believe should have never taken place. So a faction of those senators, led by someone named Nasica, argued that Tiberius Gracchus really sought absolute power. He wanted to be a king. And back in Republican Rome, aspiring to be a king, which they deposed several hundred years earlier, was a grave crime. It was a big no-no. So a faction of Nasica's supporters, including the senator himself, they stormed out of the Senate. They gathered sticks and other crude weapons, and they originally sought to disperse the crowd at Tiberius Gracchus's supporters at the nearby assembly. And in the process, they beat Tiberius Gracchus to death, and as well as many of his supporters. And the former tribune's body was then dumped in the Tiber River, denying him a proper burial and a place for his many followers to pay tribute to their leader in death. Now, I began this monologue with the story of Tiberius Gracchus because there are some important parallels to Donald Trump. It is, of course, not a perfect analogy. I concede this. Trump's actual policies were not as radical or, for that matter, as beneficial to the common man as the Roman agrarian reforms of Tiberius. There's no evidence that Tiberius Gracchus was the kind of con artist that Trump was. At the same time, when Trump campaigned against these mega trade agreements in 2016, he was campaigning on the grounds that they were giving away jobs that the American people deserved. In that sense, he was channeling this kind of ancient Roman populism. His point was that the people who benefited from globalization and trade was a kind of fat, rich class of people that were unwilling to share the spoils of their prosperity with everybody else. That's in the bottom line kind of what he was getting at. And like Tiberius Gracchus, Trump turned on his own class. Both men were born to very powerful families, and both made their names by whipping up popular anger against the oligarchs of their day. Here is Donald Trump on the eve of the 2016 election from the annual Al Smith Charity Dinner in New York City. A special hello to all of you in this room who have known and loved me for many, many years. It's true. The politicians. They've had me to their homes. They've introduced me to their children. I've become their best friends in many instances. Uh, they've asked for my endorsement, and they always wanted my money. And even called me, really, a dear, dear friend. But then, suddenly, decided when I ran for president as a Republican that I've always been a no-good, rotten, disgusting scoundrel. And they totally forgot about me. But that's okay. Now, this is interesting, because the Al Smith dinner is usually a time for self-deprecating humor. It's a chance for politicians to demonstrate their grace and civility. They duke it out during the campaign, but at the end of the day, they say, we're all Americans. Well, Trump's performance was clearly not that. He jabbed Hillary Clinton many times was also, by the way, in attendance. He jabbed her in ways that were not kind of pleasant jokes that we expect at these big phony functions. His jokes, if you could call them that, were mean, spiteful, and they were met with steely and awkward silence. Hillary is so corrupt. She got kicked off the Watergate Commission. How Corrupt you have to be to get kicked off the Watergate Commission. Pretty corrupt. 
I imagine the response to Tiberius Gracchus' speech among the patricians and senators of Rome was similar to the tuxedoed grandees at that 2016 Al Smith dinner. Tiberius Gracchus famously said when campaigning for his land reform the following, The wild beasts of Italy have their caves to retire to, but the brave men who spill their blood in her cause have nothing left but air and light. Without houses, without settled habitations, they wander from place to place with their wives and children, and their generals do but mock them when, at the head of their armies, they exhort their men to fight for their sepulchres and the gods of their hearths. For among such numbers, perhaps there is not one Roman who has an altar that has belonged to his ancestors or a sepulchre in which the ashes rest. The private soldiers fight and die to advance the wealth and luxury of the great, and they are called masters of the world without having a sod to call their own. Now, I, I will allow here that Tiberius Gracchus was a far more eloquent orator than Donald Trump, but the basic message is, is very much the same. You work hard, you fight hard, and these fat cats get wealthier and exploit you, and they get all the more powerful. This brings me to the final similarity between Tiberius Gracchus and Donald Trump, and that is the response that they provoke in the ruling class that they both betray. Now, I don't mean here to say that Senator Schumer or Nancy Pelosi seek to beat Trump to death and dump his body in the Potomac River. But the legal elite, the Democratic Party, and the established media all have sought to use federal law enforcement to stop him politically. And to be fair, Trump has given his opposition a lot of material to work with. He and his campaign did not collude with Russia. But Trump's willingness to appear with Vladimir Putin in Helsinki in 2018 and accept the Russian president's lies about Russian interference in the 2016 election certainly made it appear that Trump may have done the things that for which he was falsely accused. Donald Trump's insane insistence that he won the 2020 election and should be reinstated as president may not be illegal, but it's a terrible wound to the peaceful transfer of power. And while I still think it would be a mistake to indict a former president for what is essentially the mishandling of presidential records, it looks like Trump lied to the FBI in their earlier efforts to retrieve classified documents that he took with him to Mar-a-Lago, as I wrote in the January 2021 cover essay for Commentary Magazine, Trump was both framed and guilty in a sense. And the same in some ways can be said for Tiberius Gracchus. He violated Roman law by seeking a second term as tribune. He also violated Roman law by removing Octavius from the People's Assembly. And the Senate, at the time, may have been very corrupt and self-serving, but Tiberius Gracchus also gave them material that they could work with. Back in 132 BCE, when Tiberius was murdered, Nausicaa and his men believed they were saving the Republic from a demagogue who sought to be king. Sound familiar? But in doing so, Nausicaa introduced violence as a means of settling disputes for the first time in the history of the Roman Republic. The effort to save the Republic turned out to be the beginning of its end. From that point on, violence plagued Roman politics. Now, if the Justice Department and the FBI finally catch up with Trump and he's indicted and ends up going to jail, what precedent will that set? Will the FBI be reduced to a fiefdom beholden to the political party in charge of the executive branch? I certainly hope not, but it's a very real possibility. Because whatever is done to Trump today will not be forgotten by the half of the country that still pretty much supports him. It's not enough for the charges against Trump to be technically valid. They also have to be strong enough for even his supporters, maybe not all of them, but a lot of them, to understand that his prosecution is just. And given the record of the FBI and the Justice Department in the last six years, that seems highly unlikely. 
I don't necessarily have an answer here because it's a very tricky question. From the looks of it now, I think that the Justice Department probably has Donald Trump dead to rights on lying to them about this investigation into the presidential records and material that he took with him to Mar-a-Lago. But at the same time, the Justice Department has never prosecuted every crime that it has known about. It's just not how it works. There are a lot of things that you have to consider in this. And at least as I look at it, what prompted that raid at Mar-a-Lago is just not enough at this point, unless there's something that we don't know, or there's a document that we really find that tells us that he really was trying to sell something to a foreign power or something like that. But based on what we have now, what it appears to be that Donald Trump, like a toddler, believes that the documents are his and that the government can't take it away from him, well then, yeah, he probably, he technically violated the law. He did violate the law. But if you indict him, if you prohibit him from running, if you use the legal system to basically nullify the choice of what appears to be now most of the Republican Party, well, let's just say we could be reaping a whirlwind. Nasica in his day believed that he was saving the Republic, and he ended up planting the seeds for its demise. And now, a word from our sponsor. From the grocery store to the gas station, working families are getting hammered by rising prices. But instead of focusing on inflation, Congress is pushing anti-innovation legislation that will impose more financial burdens on working people and seniors. Their misguided agenda could cost public pension plans $109 billion. Teachers, firefighters, and nurses would pay the heaviest price. Congress needs to focus on inflation and leave American workers alone. All right, everybody. Well, today's show, we've got Tim Miller of The Bulwark. He is a former strategist for Jeb Bush's 2016 campaign, and he is the author of a new memoir, Why We Did It. Now, Tim and I, as I'm sure many people will know who are tuning into this, we disagree on things kind of related to Trump. So this will be a bit of more of a debate than some of the other interviews, but I'm really happy that you came here today, Tim. So thanks so much for coming on. I'm so happy to come on. And like I was saying to you in the green room, I wanted more people in the, I don't know how you define yourself, maybe Trump skeptic, but sympathetic or whatever realm, all the way over to MAGA. I wanted to talk to MAGA people, but nobody wants to talk to me anymore because I've gone full, you know, TDS, orange man bad. And so I'm happy to, you know, be able to have a little exchange here. I mean, this I kind of got the idea of having you on because we were going back and forth on Twitter. And Twitter is sometimes not the best place to sort of hash these ideas out. So we started, this is about the Mar-a-Lago raid. And I have to say, I came in pretty hot when this story broke. And now that there's more information out, I can safely say that it looks as though Donald Trump and at least his lawyers, but maybe at the direction of Trump, not only didn't cooperate, but lied to the FBI and the Justice Department when they were seeking to retrieve some of these presidential documents. So people who I respect who are on both sides of the aisle, so to speak, do think that based on the recent filings in response to this special master thing, it looks like he's going to get indicted. That's where it stands right now. I'm not a lawyer, but that seems pretty reasonable to me. Is that where you are at this point, too? 
Yeah, I'm also not, you know, I didn't want to come yeah, to we're not know, debate the legal fine points. You can do that over on Lawfare. Yeah, yeah Lawfare or Andrew, yeah, Lawfare or Andrew McCarthy could, could have a, a version of this that focuses more on the legal elements. But yeah, I mean, I think that he probably will be indicted. I think that he should be indicted. I think where I came at you initially on this was the fact that I believe that there's a long list of things that he should be indicted for and that he should have to live with the consequences of his actions over. And I, I think really the you know fundamental part that I objected to about your notion was that, that this idea that it's conspiratorial to think that Donald Trump should be indicted and that, frankly, I, I, did, I listened to your podcast from earlier, I guess maybe this week or last week, you know, about how you know, I, I don't put words in your mouth, but you maybe assessed that he was treated more unfairly yeah. than Hillary Clinton or other Democrats would be treated. And I actually have absolutely the opposite view of that. I, I think that Donald Trump's behavior has been so aberrant, so manifestly and boobishly criminal across so many different verticals that he's actually been, you know, that our institutions haven't known how to dealt with it and that he's actually benefited and gotten a, you know, uh, an, an unfair shake in his, <laughs> that, the, that the scales have worked in his favor and he's gotten away with stuff that other people wouldn't have gotten away with because of, you know, propriety and, and people making judgment calls that, you know, they don't want to inflame or, you know, because the nature of his criminality is so different, so, so strange, the fact that it's out in the open, the cover-up is not the crime for him. And so, you know, in my view, I think that he has, has mm. gotten an easy shake from the wheels of justice. So, okay, so I think that's our fundamental Well, there's a lot to kind of go on there, but why don't you tell me, let's go back to, why do you think that Hillary Clinton was treated worse than Trump? Let's start there. Oh, yeah, sure. Well, I think two things. Number one, just on the merits, I, you know, what Hillary Clinton did with the private server, I, I don't think was great and, and merited investigation. It also wasn't like particularly different from what the Bush administration officials did when they had RNC servers. It certainly isn't different from Jared Kushner using WhatsApp to talk to MBS. You know, but we've not seen those conversations. They're not foyable. And, you know, WhatsApp was hackable. I think MBS actually hacked WhatsApp reportedly with, you know, in, in the Bezos and that Bezos back and forth. So, I, I, you know, I, I think it merited scrutiny what Hillary Clinton did. I defer to Jim Comey and those who thought that it merited investigation, but I, I, I certainly don't think she was treated unfairly, or she was, if anything, the I feel like Comey worked against her, and you discussed this in your other podcast, but he opens up this investigation, reopens it a few weeks before the election, bringing this news back into the forefront. Meanwhile, the FBI is in, does have an open investigation into Trump and his associates that they keep under wraps that they don't talk about. And so I just think that this whole notion that like that Hillary was treated better than Trump by the FBI during 2016 is wrong. Like the opposite is true. Like she was she was materially harmed by the way that the FBI acted and their public pronouncements about the investigation to her that was imbalanced with the investigations that they were looking into Donald Trump at the same time. And the Donald Trump people say the FBI and Deep State are, were out to get them. If that's true, they're the most incompetent people in history. I mean, there are a million things that our intelligence services could have done during 2016 to try to hamper Trump. They could have leaked his tax returns. They could have opened up in the investigations into his businesses. His CFO, Weiselberg, just got indicted over past tax crimes, which I think even Trump supporters believe that he broke the law and passed in, in his businesses. They they were investigating. I think that, that we can talk about Russia, but... 
There are legitimate things to be concerned about in the way that they were interacting with Russia during the 2016 election while they were hacking our elections. And, and the FBI didn't do any of that. They didn't do anything to harm them. They, they only made an announcement about Hillary. So uh, anyway, in short, I think that Hillary got a raw deal in the way that they spoke in public in 2016. And I, and I just I don't think that what she did is like materially different from what any other people have done using private servers and private emails to discuss things. It was a little bit more, you know, in volume, et cetera, which is, and which is, I think what caused the investigation, but you know, I, I don't know what more that they were supposed to do. I, we're not going to, you know, arrest, indict everyone that used a private email to discuss sensitive things. And if, if we did, you well, know, I, I made that also. argument in my column in 2016. I wrote an infamous column called The Conservative Case for Letting Clinton Skate. So I kind of agree with you on the, <laughs> you know, this is not something that should have been pursued criminally. And I was concerned about the FBI's intervention into our presidential politics. So in a weird way, I was kind of, you could say I've been consistent on this issue. But I want to sort of deal <laughs> okay. with Clinton and then we'll, we'll get to, to Russia and Trump. There was okay. a subpoena from Congress, whether you think it was a, a worthwhile investigation or not. And there were lots of emails that were then destroyed. And there was also her lawyers claimed to have gone through her emails and then separated personal ones from work-related ones. And then the FBI had to go back and piece together what they had vetted out of it and found that there were plenty of other work-related and even some classified material. So there are, there are questions yeah. in the Clinton investigation that have to do with the process of investigating her. And then the lawyers who were involved in that vetting of her emails were then allowed to sit with Hillary Clinton in an interview where she wasn't under oath as even though they were material fact witnesses in the investigation while the investigation is going on before the FBI had concluded what it was doing the president of the United States Barack Obama had said there was really no damage that was done which by the way was contradicted by Comey in his kind of split the baby down the middle press conference so I'm with you on the idea that the state secrecy is so inconsistently enforced. Lots of senior people do it. They're the little little fish go to jail and big fish get sweetheart deals like David Petraeus. And I've been very consistent <laughs> on that. But I also think that there were all kinds of things that were done. And if you read the Inspector General report that came out a few years after 2016, it even gets into this thing where even the FBI people, even Peter Strzok, who you know has really revealed himself to be quite the partisan, they were frustrated with Justice Department lawyers who thought that they were closing off avenues of more compulsory investigative techniques. So none of that resulted yeah. in any kind of pursuit of obstruction of justice or anything like that. The tech who uh, erased the emails was not threatened with the way that smaller fries in the Trump orbit were threatened with prosecutions. He's given immunity, and then that was that. So those those are areas where I do think that there was a bit of a disparity, even though as I conceded in my 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 show from a couple weeks ago is that you listen to, it's true that low information voters eleven days before an election hearing that the case is reopened probably was not good for her. You are, you've been in the campaign business before. I understand that, 
Yeah, I get that. It was no, definitely no, I not I'm good. Saying I, I, can see I don't that know point if it was the and, reason, and, but, but it was definitely not good. And if the FBI was out to, here's my point: if the FBI was really, un, it was really biased mm. and out to get Trump, then they had many opportunities for things that they could have announced during the 2016 campaign. They didn't because Jim Comey was going out of his way to try to demonstrate fairness and unbias in a way that actually benefited Trump and hurt Hillary. And and, and so I look, at they I think that also the point that you made about how struck you know, in internal conversations, I guess, that were that they revealed wanted harsher investigation also rebuts the point that the that the FBI, you know, was in some way, uh, you know, had this deep woke, uh, you know, anti Trump, anti Republican <laughs> bias within the FBI. Like there were elements within the FBI that wanted to go after Hillary Harder. There were elements of the FBI that were obviously leaking and the and, or maybe the Justice Department that were leaking to That's Rudy true. Giuliani and were leaking to the New York. Yeah, there were there were they were releasing things. To Rudy so Giuliani for I. Sure. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, the other thing is this guy that deleted the emails, now we're into the deal, like, was, is like even lower than a flunky. I, he wasn't even, like, it was just, it was some consultant or whatever that you just hire to, you know, an IT consultant. It, was, it wasn't like, you know, someone on no, Hillary's my, staff my, my, hold was, on, my... did the bleach bit. Screw up. Like, he just fucked, he just screwed up. Like, some guy screwed up. He said, you know, he's had an oh shit moment when he realized that, like, what he'd been asked to do, you know, when the subpoena came through. I, so anyway, that, that guy's not good. I don't, I don't know. I don't, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe the FBI should have given that guy should have more trouble. That, I don't know. I don't think that when they were squeezing like George Papadopoulos, they thought that George Papadopoulos was so... I think that they did it because it's when you're pursuing this kind of investigations, you're flipping people to get sure. to bigger fish. And there was no effort to try to flip him because I just he was don't think there was anything without to... ever being threatened with any kind of prosecution. Yeah, I guess. I, I, I Again, I, I don't know about the details. I, I guess I just say that I don't know if there's anything to flip. Like, he's literally some IT dude that you, they hired to handle the, the computer, you know, the, the file. I, I, it wasn't some nefarious right. thing that okay. was happening I mean, inside fair the campaign. Enough. I mean, but, okay, but regardless. Carter Page and Papadopoulos were pretty low-level guys, too, but fair enough. All right, yeah. The Hillary, uh, there's one other thing, though. There's one other thing that's really important here, which is you use it as a negative that Hillary was given the opportunity to come in and be briefed and, and you know, bring her lawyers and discuss, you know, with investigators what she did. But again, this is, again, another stark contrast with the way that Donald Trump has handled all this. Like, yeah, Hillary Clinton was treated differently because she agreed to cooperate. Now, you might say that, like, whatever, that, that you, you aren't happy with the levels of cooperation or whatever or that. You know, she wasn't fully forthright during her cooperation, but like this is the nature of our system. She agreed to cooperate. She she, you know, said that you know she would work with investigators. She she you know gave an interview. Meanwhile, Donald Trump like always acts guilty, and attacks investigators, obstructs the and the investigation. As you mentioned in your lead in this most recent situation lied and and they lied You're in an official document no. his lawyers lied yeah. about yeah the mar-a-lago just just use well, if we're trying to compare the comparing russia to compare this is like not an apples to apples compared to the email the, i was comparing the two 2016 investigations which i, I do want to get back to okay Okay, I, I'm just saying the two, but but other people, other Republicans, I, like Lindsey Graham, went on TV the other day and said that 
you know, if Trump is indicted when Hillary wasn't, there's going to be riots in the street. And he is making a comparison between the two investigations into, you know, whatever, handling of classified documents. But the handling of class, the way that Hillary responded to that investigation was the opposite of the way no. Donald Trump oh. did. <laughs> so so I, obviously I that they're going to be treated differently. Yes and uh, no. I mean, yeah, you could say her lawyers were cooperating with the FBI, but then they kept giving these very unsatisfactory answers like, well, we don't we destroy all of our old devices or we, we went through it already and here are the not and then they have to go back. So, yeah, it was cooperation, but sort of similar. There is a similarity in that, like the, the Trump people are like, hey, we cooperated, but then they didn't give all the documents back. Well, arguably, yeah, the Hillary people technically cooperated, but then the FBI had to go back and find more work related and even in some cases classified emails that were part of the this is personal. Now, you can say it was a screw up and which is how they interpreted it. That's what the FBI said. But what I'm saying is that that's a very different kind of thing because Manafort was technically at one point cooperating with the Russia probe. And then they determined that Manafort was, you know, snowing them and not giving all of his information. And then they said he wasn't he wasn't cooperating. Was. But my my point is, is that that it's like there's, there, there's enough them, but okay. of stuff that happened in the investigation where it does raise a question about exactly how much Team Hillary was cooperating. That's kind of my point. I, I think that I, I don't. I think that it is just you know trying to fuzzy up the the truth of what happened here to to not just acknowledge that the way in which Donald Trump has responded to this investigation and the way that he's tried that and the Mueller investigation and all the other investigations to use every everything in his power privately and publicly to try to obstruct it that they literally had bot i mean you know regardless of whether you believe that cheryl mills made a mistake i think it's very reasonable to say you have to go through all these old emails and determine like which ones like were relevant and which ones are not that you know there's a lot of close calls i mean like our, our the way that we you know do the foia is uh, i guess somebody who's been an opposition researcher and asked governments to foia sure. like there are a lot of close calls right and then people can make a lot of judgment because it's not just hillary clinton's people it's like every politician ever you know has had their you know office that's been foia'd you know has has tried to you know, fudge a little bit in their favor. So is that good? No, but that is that is a fundamentally different thing than than having the the you know DOJ and the FBI say you have these highly classified documents, the top top secret documents, not like the little C on the email, but like like very sensitive documents. We know that you have them. You need to give them back. And you and then Donald Trump purposefully going through them, seeing we've seen the picture of all the documents that say top secret on them, only choosing to give back half of them and then signing an affidavit that says we gave back yeah, everything. I, when I'm you not know you didn't that give looks back like everything. I mean, like, there's a fundamentally well, that, that different, like, like, treatment. Like, like, and so you're going to get treated okay. differently um, when you act differently. So, so you're comparing Mar-a-Lago. And what I was trying to get at was the, the 2016 elections. And I think that there is a comparison with Hillary only in the sense that it both dealt with mishandling of classified information. But there are also things that are not comparable. Hillary wasn't a former president. Trump was. And in this case, I have to, you have, you got to sort of look. I mean, listen, it looks like. He lied unless we learn something else in the context of a trial or something else like that. The filings from the Justice Department looking pretty terrible. And then the things that Trump has been saying now on Truth Social are also incriminating. But I want to I want to get back to why I am, because I think if this story had broken with Mar-a-Lago, I don't know if this had been 
six years ago, something like it, I, I really wouldn't, I would just be like, yeah, well, the, I trust the Justice Department and the FBI, what the hell's going on? And I don't trust them anymore because largely what, what I would call Russiagate, you would call the Trump-Russia investigation. And there, I really, well, I guess I, I mean, I, I don't, how do you square the fact that the Hillary Clinton campaign, while all this is going on, has this unbelievably close relationship with the FBI, where not just the Steele dossier, the Alpha Bank paper, there's all this stuff that Sidney Blumenthal's, and they're all they're all funneling it to the FBI, clearly with the intention of trying to get the FBI to investigate Trump. Now I know that Horowitz, the Inspector General, said it was open, not based on the Steele dossier, and it was legitimate. But what Horowitz does not say is that from that point, everything they did was legitimate because they, they did incorporate the Steele dossier effectively to like keep the investigation going. And we can kind of go through some of the details there, but I just, that idea that one political party, which has a kind of insider status, hires a lawyer who used to work for the FBI, oh, who on. has an office in an FBI annex, to then give the FBI garbage <laughs> research, which Eli. then the seventh floor we know from the Durham trial, then says, wait a second, don't close it, even though, uh, okay, fine, I'm just saying like, that here. to me is a real red flag. Like, how can you, like, how is that possible that a, that a, a political, one political party in a one pre presidential campaign can have that close a relationship with the FBI? Well, ostensibly they're, they're being like investigated by the FBI as well. <sighs> okay, you got a lot to go out there. I'm going to do my best to get through it all. Number one, the biggest possible picture, I just of why you know you said I think that we some of me and my people have resistance brainworms. Why uh, you I think said that, that on this Twitter, contrarian brainworms yeah. is just at the big at okay. the biggest possible level is <laughs> is that I don't understand how you could live the last six years and 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 have decided that a new piece of information comes up that demonstrates that Donald Trump has acted outside the law and he's being investigated and that your lessons learned from the last six years is, you know, I just don't trust the FBI and these, and the DOJ, these guys, they seem, no, to, they be seem liars, to be liars when it comes to Donald Trump. Donald Trump. I don't know. Donald Trump's de Donald Trump's defense. Sure. Donald Trump lies about everything. Donald Trump has lied. Donald Trump lied about every investigation he's ever done. He lied about his net worth. He lied when he said that he was John Barron calling reporters. I mean, his entire life is he's a liar and a charlatan. So for starters, I just think it's very strange that you would look at a piece of news item would come up and you would be like, and and there would be the DOJ would offer something in a very, very buttoned up way and donald trump would say wheels off shit on truth social and you would look at that and be like well i don't know those doj guys they're not that credible so anyway just as a just as a baseline thing donald trump is a liar and is and is and lies about everything okay now let's go back to the russia gate and so, so to speak let's just start from square one you do agree that the russian government interfered in the 2016 election to yes, help in donald fact, trump I, in win, fact i would right? listen you agree i would with recommend i think it's episode 35 called Wilderness of Mirrors, where I, I wanted to because I'd done other shows looking at the other side of it. So it's a whole show about how Russia does information warfare, how it goes back to the Soviet Union. And so, yes, the, the, the Russians, I believe, hacked the Democrats. They distributed and they did this social media campaign of fakery. Although, you know, we can say whether that had it's, it's debatable what effect it had. But yes.
Sure. But they did it with the intent purpose of helping Well, Donald all right, Trump wait a second. I, intent okay. I purpose is an important I'm statement. Quibble it's an important that. statement. I think it did help Trump. Okay. The I mean they only yeah, no, hacked no, no. Donald I'm saying that Trump helped the, or, that certainly Hillary helped the Trump. DNC. They didn't hack the they didn't Correct. hack the RNC but, and Donald Trump. No, but but I mean even So clearly even they the, wanted to help like, Trump. US intelligence community said that the aim of this was to rile up the fringes and cause and delegitimize institutions in the United States. So it wasn't I, I, I don't think that the Russians believed that Trump was going to win. No one thought that Trump was going to win and that this was a way of really kind of there was a deeper goal here. Harming the De Hillary Clinton and the Democrats. Right. And also, like, if you look at the, the, can the, the stuff that they did right. in the in the social media space, they would they would have some ads that were targeted to the left. And they had some eyes that were targeted in like sure, different sure, ways, sure, like sure, sure, states sure. rights, like I, weird. It's yeah. like very you can weird. Have multiple it, goals. It wasn't necessarily, yeah. You can have multiple goals, but clearly, as the campaign went on, it, they they were purposefully trying to help Donald Trump. I mean, that when they released the WikiLeaks releases, you know, right after the pussy tape came out, you think that was a coincidence that they just happened to decide to, you know, try to release the WikiLeaks release the Podesta emails. I think it was hours. It might have been the day after the Access Hollywood tape went well, out. Well, I mean, I, I don't. I'm, I'm not. Is, is communicating with WikiLeaks about when they should when they should release things. I mean, like clearly, this was this was intended to destabilize, but it was also intended to help to harm Hillary Clinton at minimum. And I, I think helped Donald okay, Trump. Yeah, pretty I, listen, I'm not going to dispute. We can just say that, harm that Hillary. The email releases helped Donald Trump 100. percent Okay. Okay. So now. This is the environment that we're in in the fall of 2016, is that the Russians are hacking the DNC and Hillary Clinton only and releasing things through Wiki, through WikiLeaks. There's the social media campaign. They don't have a huge – I kind of agree with you that in retrospect, it seemed really ham-fisted and probably didn't have any impact. Right. But we know that they're doing this, right, so so that we don't have a sense, right, for the scope of it or whatever. Okay, so this is, this is what is known. Here are some other things that are known. At that at that at that time, that Donald Trump's campaign manager was a you know an active was a foreign agent on behalf of a you know Russian stooge autocrat in well, his, in Ukraine. His former that, his like manager Donald for what, two and a half months. Okay, who was fired by the way? Is sure, fired but, when the I New York mean, Times pretty strange. was on that black ledger seat from Ukraine. Okay. Yeah, sure, but sure. still pretty pretty yeah. strange, though. I mean, you know, pretty strange when you're yep. looking when when you're looking at all this. You know, you've got they they know internally. We don't know publicly about about Carter Page, which again he seems to be like a, a like in retrospect like a, a totally random weirdo, right? That is irrelevant. But I, I'm just saying this is yep. the information environment that you're in. You've got this weird you got this weird Page situation. You the Don Junior. Well, let's put meeting. a pin in that one again. Pretty strange. I want to talk about that. Okay. 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 Again. All right. Let's talk about that one. Pretty strange. You have Kevin McCarthy, who is the is a Republican leadership saying that he thinks uh, that Donald Trump is on the take from the Russians. It is not the Democrats, actually, that give the dossier to officials. It's John McCain. It's a Republican no, 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 but, senator, yeah, John no, no, McCain. No, no. I, I think that... Hold I on. Think that down, if, well, yeah. Yes. It, that's, yes. It's John on. McCain John that McCain turns, turns over the, the dossier. dossier. After the FBI already has it, because Christopher Steele... And the Fusion GPS guys had already gone to the FBI. All right, so just and they yeah. they were by the way right, working I, for the all right, but okay, fair enough. So, 
most people, most journalists are not really in a position to make heads or tails of this stuff. And when they did distribute the Steele dossier to journalists before the election, journalists did not know what to do with it because they couldn't confirm it. It was like this, it was hard to, to and that, by the way, I would say journalism worked. That the, you know, there, if you, as you know, because you've been on the other side of that. And well, the okay, FBI hold on, I wanna, I wanna, I'm not, I'm not arguing here that the FBI should not have invested. The FBI investigates all kinds of things. But it was much more than that. And that's where I get into it. Was, what I would say is this. The FBI was investigating it in 2016. By the way, there were leaks about this investigation beforehand, but it wasn't it didn't it didn't really take off. But once Trump won, Not really. the leadership of the FBI in particular changes in a much in a, in a really dangerous way. And let me explain what I mean. Because it's taken forever for some of this stuff to get out, but I think it's a very important part of the story. So, we know that by January, by the end of January when they first talk to the main subsource, the guy who's collecting the information for the Steele dossier, he's walking away from it. It's well known now that even though he was walking away from the allegations, they continued to submit the Steele dossier into the FISA court so they could continue to surveil Carter Page. But more importantly, Jim Comey is briefing the Hill at this time. He's briefing other people saying, looks pretty good to me. It looks like there's something here. Even when the CIA and other people in the intelligence community are looking at this and saying, what are you talking about? This is, we don't know what to do. It looks like garbage. And that's the part of it where he's now inserting it and, go, and briefing people on background and saying that there's something to this. And of course, we know the role that people like Adam Schiff and others played in really hyping it. And of course, the press and the, especially cable news then becomes obsessed with this particular story. So while I agree with you that, yeah, he looked suspicious in 2016, we'd like the FBI to do it. This was not a normal FBI investigation. This started as we're, you're getting all these incredible leaks right on the eve of his inauguration detailing what the FBI is looking at in this investigation. So it becomes a matter public. And that's, that is defining really the first two and a half years of his presidency is what he does about this. Now, as that's happening, the FBI has enormous information coming in from its actual investigators that there is nothing to the theory of this conspiracy. And that includes the investigation of Mike Flynn, that the conspiracy which that conspira- the Trump which campaign conspiracy? conspired with what, what, Russia what, what, in their be particular. Yeah, yeah, they were I, absolutely. They were getting. That's that the what FBI the didn't think that, 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 that uh, in early 2017 they thought there were direct the Mueller report. The final result of the Mueller report said that their investigation established there were multiple links between Trump campaign officials and individuals no, they tied they, to the Russian government, including offers of assistance to the campaign that were accepted. And no, we no, still, no, wait, you know, wait, that, so what, what do you mean the Mueller report? And we the Mueller report no, we no still don't know. They the still think. No, okay. that was the conclusion. This that that was the con- the conclusion was that yeah, a, a conspiracy where like the the Donald Trump and Russia like worked together to conspire to come up with this plan. But the the, the investigation did establish that there were multiple links between people that worked on the Trump campaign and individuals tied to the Russian government, which was suspicious, and that those links included Russia offers of assistance to the campaign. In some of those, in some of those cases, they were receptive. And by the way, that that investigation is going on in 2017 includes investigations into Paul Manafort, where they thought he was cooperating, and Roger Stone. Where we still don't we still don't know because Roger because Manafort stonewalled and Stone gets and so did Stone right, well, and Stone let, and they both get pardoned. Are, 
So, so what do you mean? This notion that in 2017 we knew, we still don't know exactly what Roger Stone's contacts were with with mm. with Wiki, with WikiLeaks well, we, and we'll other operatives, and we still don't know exactly what Manafort gave to kill to Kilimnik. Constantine okay. Kil- Kilimnik, right. or however you pronounce. Yeah, Kilimnik. Like we still don't fully know because they didn't cooperate. So, like this idea that it was known in 2017 that uh, no, I, we were investigating okay. an attack on in the 2017 before 2017. The lead agent on Crossfire Razor, which was the investigation into Flynn, said there's zero evidence that this guy is a Russian asset, which is how the investigation was opened. The confidential informants that were sent to Papadopoulos and Page, all of this is in Inspector General's reports and everything else like that, came back and said there's Papadopoulos says there was no, he doesn't know of anybody in the he doesn't know anybody who met with this other professor or there's anything anyone else in the Trump campaign who had anything on that. So the Papadopoulos lead effectively comes should have should have ended right there because the someone surreptitiously talking to him on behalf of the FBI says he doesn't know anything about this. In fact, you know, and, and he wouldn't have it's not like he was lying in an FBI interview. He was being approached again by confidential informant. More importantly, though, the CIA itself looked at the Steele dossier and said, we don't know what to make of any of this. In fact, we shouldn't include it in the intelligence assessment. And it's Comey who insists over them saying, no, no, we should. But I want to get to this thing about, oh, well, Mueller found contacts between people in Trump's orbit and Russia. Well, you know, we can play that game with the Clintons as well, as you know. In fact, how about this connection? The opposition research firm that produces the Steele dossier, Fusion GPS, had been a client of Natalia Veselnitskaya, the Russian lawyer who goes to Trump Tower, for over three years to do what? To pursue a campaign on behalf of Russia to discredit Sergei Magnitsky, the late Sergei Magnitsky, and the Magnitsky Act sanctions. That's what Fusion GPS was doing. So they hired a firm that was working for the Russians. Let's look at Christopher Steele. Christopher Steele was working for the oligarch Oleg Deripaska to retrieve money from Paul Manafort that Manafort owed to Deripaska. Interestingly enough, the Steele dossier makes no mention of something that was true about Manafort's relationship to Deripaska, perhaps because of this close relationship with Deripaska. We also know that Christopher Steele had been working with the FBI to try to get Deripaska again a visa because he believed that Deripaska was somebody who was an oligarch that would turn on Putin. And we now know from all of these other reports that Deripaska is the root of all you know, inter- intervention in other election evil. So my point here is that you can do this game of other people in and around these campaigns who have ties to Russia, but it's not in any way proving that there was a conspiracy between the Trump campaign and Russia, which is just not true. And we know that the FBI had already, by the end of January, had the first interviews with the main sure. subsource who said, I can't really back most of these claims up. All of this stuff is kept under wraps. So if if you're talking about the sort of the, the, the cloud around Trump and whether he's a Russian asset is only getting greater and greater. <laughs> and it becomes this obsession for, you know, resistance in media and Democrats. And yet the FBI, at, you know, certainly by the middle of 2017, understands that they've they've like running it down and they're not getting anywhere. So that's the first thing. As for this, they obstructed. So how do we really know? I mean. We also know from the indictment of Roger Stone that he was trying to pressure Randy Credico to get him in touch with Julian Assange. He didn't know anybody at WikiLeaks. And if he was working so closely with the Kremlin, which is not the same as WikiLeaks, then why would he need to go to WikiLeaks in the first place? So on that, I just I don't know what to make of it. 
I didn't say that. And I don't think, yeah, I just said, I didn't say that. I don't know that I, I don't, I'm not arguing that Roger Stone masterminded some sort of, mm-hmm. you know, grand conspiracy between Vladimir Putin and Donald Trump. Like what I'm saying is we don't exactly know whether they gave aid and assistance. So what, what, what is collusion to you? Does collusion need to mean, need to mean that Roger and Don and, and you know Vlad all at a meeting back in the '90s where they plotted this out. Like no, like that didn't happen. Are there some crazy people on Twitter that suggested crazy things? Like yeah, of course. But what does collusion mean? Is it does Roger Stone or Paul Manafort sending through a back channel that hey, we could really use this this these emails that you hacked from our opponent to be released at a certain date? I, or a certain time to help the campaign around a convention or around this Washington Post story that's about to blow up the campaign. To me, that's collusion. I guess, does it match the most extreme word of version of collusion that ever appeared on MSNBC? No, probably not. But like, yeah, that's collusion. And it's also really, really bad and really, really unprecedented. You you keep acting like this cloud around Trump was well, created was. by Jim Comey or Bob Mueller. The cloud around Trump was created by Trump by Trump. This never would have happened. Any other person on the Republican stage in 2016, I think, A, it's a question whether whether WikiLeaks and the Kremlin would have been so singularly focused on Hillary. I think their can't, who knows, this is a counterfactual, their campaign might have been more chaos-based, as we discussed at the top. But B, the people on the campaign would not have been interested in Russian oppo. They would not have been asking Russia for help. They would not have had long-standing ties to corrupt dictators because it would have been normal Republican political strategists who are hostile to Russia and pro-NATO. There wouldn't have been at the convention a very suspicious change of the platform to make Tim. it more pro-Russia fr- pro-Russia friendly. There are plenty of establishment Republicans you, that were willing not so sure to about that? Marco, work with the with with Russia when it was more kosher to do so. And so if you look at the Clinton Foundation, have you okay, looked into like how Bill Clinton investigated has given speeches at these private the banks? I mean, I'm sorry, there's a lot of stuff on the other side as well. Well, sure, but what do you? But, but this no, but you're t- you're you're trying to get into the to the narrow weeds of do some people act badly sometimes on other sides? Yeah, but but what happened in 2016 is that the Russian government attacked one of two campaigns with the intent of harming that campaign, and the other campaign publicly and privately encouraged that attack, and and continued to. You know, be open to solicitations inher- about how they might further that attack. That is what's not pr- that is unprecedented. That is unprecedented. The 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 Don Jr. meeting that you were talking about that I guess no, you think is suspicious in some way, but nothing to do with the Russian effort at all. In fact, I know that it had nothing to do with it because I've read all the okay. documents on it. It was a thirty-minute meeting in right. which, but this, but this, this woman, Nat- Natalia Veselnovskaya. Someone messages and says, "Hey, Russia, we've got some stuff that might help." Like that is not Tim, standard Tim, on, pre- on residential campaigns to say, "Okay, yeah." Research that Natalia Veselnaya, who 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 generated that opposition research, gave to Don Jr. and Paul Manafort and the people in the Trump Tower meeting. As I can tell you, who it is? It's Fusion GPS. Yeah, I'm the sure the people was, that were I'm was sure hired Fusion by GPS. at first Paul Singer and then the Clinton campaign. Uh, but what is what does that have to do with Donald Trump's behavior? 
Okay, this is this is the thing, Eli, is that the Russians attacked our elections to help Donald Trump. And Donald Trump was like, sweet. That is what that is the original sin. That's the that's the bite of the apple that puts the cloud around Donald Trump. If Donald Trump said, no, fuck you. This is America. And and the fact that, you know, I'm not interested in Vladimir Putin's attempt to help Hillary Clinton, then we wouldn't be here. And like you could do a million counterfactuals on this where any other politician would have acted differently. I'm, I'm like, doing it, factuals. Like, imagine in the 2012 campaign had the Iranians had the Iranians hacked Mitt Romney's email because they wanted to help make, keep the the Iran nuclear deal. And like Susan Rice is having back channel calls with random Iranians and, and Obama's saying, hell yeah, uh, you know, Ahmadinejad, like go get them, fuck them up. Like you don't think that the FBI boys would have been looking into that and saying, what is what is happening here? Like, why is the Obama campaign like so gung ho and cheering on the Iranian attack on on the on Romney? Like, like you're. Like, like that is that was the sin. Like had Donald Trump acted like any normal, regular, non-corrupt politician, then then there would have never okay. been anything so, to investigate. A few points. We do not disagree that there was enough suspicious activity that the FBI probably should have investigated. Although I will say there was a strange thing from John Durham at the end of 2019 in which he said that he disagreed with this conclusion from Michael Horowitz. So if he puts out something that is more evidence, but so far he hasn't, I accept Horowitz and everybody else. Don't what? give away the ghost on John Durham, Eli. I said, don't give away the ghost on John Durham. No, Maybe not, the smoking no. gun. Uh, wait come. a second. I have accepted. I've, I wrote a very long, I've written very long essays for Commentary Magazine in which I lay all of this out saying there was plenty for the FBI to investigate. That's not my objection. My objection is that when information came in that, would have closed and should have closed that investigation, which there were many things that came in in 2016, particularly early 2017, the FBI decided to keep it open. Now, more to the point, though, you're saying, because we both take this, if there had been a conspiracy, if there had been this collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia, that's significant enough that I would have supported his impeachment. That is significant enough. That's as much of a grave crime, in my view, that he should have been that, his, that the election of 2016 effectively should have been negated. That's where I'm coming down. I think that's where anyone would come down. It's such a horrendous thing. So if it doesn't turn out to be true... I disagree with that. <laughs> Not, excuse me. The entire, like, the entire party is still on board with them after right, he fine. attempted a coup. It, I, so well, I, I don't we, think we're, that we're anybody would come down on board with that. But I, January you know. 6th and the fact... We sure. might actually. I would like to get into that. I mean, you think that the FBI that everyone's being so mean and unfair to Donald Trump? I I, I don't I don't know that that's true based on what ha based on his behavior after the election in twenty twenty. Okay. But anyway, go ahead. My point is that the FBI should have investigated. Ideally, the FBI should investigate, and then if there's nothing there, that's it. But it was investigated. Of course, the fact that the investigation leaked, and that really was something that crippled his presidency and both Mueller and the FBI said nothing when they knew that there wasn't any evidence of the conspiracy and they kept it open. And what did it cripple? You don't think that well, I, you don't what, think what did it cripple? The fact that Trump might have colluded with Russia and might be a Russian asset was the dominant thing that kind of for the first two and a half years of the presidency. 
I mean, I think that, yeah, I mean, I think, well, no, I think, yeah, not really. I mean, I think that Donald Trump, is like, I, which is my fundamental point when we first brought this up, is that Donald Trump is a habitual liar and a career criminal who is corrupt to his core. And like every action he took at every step, you know, made him seem more, more guilty and more suspicious. He, he fires Comey. He gets, he starts I berating think, I, by the his way, own in retrospect, attorney general because his own attorney general yeah. does the right thing. He hires a national security advisor that like was on the take from the Turks. I just, I, I, I you know, I, I think that had this not happened, it had been something else. Like it would have been Ukraine. It would have been like MBS. It would have been I, like every action that Donald Trump has taken, like going all the way back to his time in the private sector, has been to try to berate prosecutors and pressure law enforcement and dare people to come after him and to you know sue people and to grab women by the pussy <laughs> like I, like what are you talking like there isn't it's not as if jim comey wasn't around that the first two years of the donald trump administration well, would have been that, smooth but I, sailing. I'm saying that this was the dominant political story and just from the perspective of the credibility of the resistance I mean, it was it was obviously a mistake, and that the more we learn about how much of this was a was a, a kind of a narrative that was retailed by his political opponents. I mean, it's I guess what I'm saying is that you're not talking to a MAGA person because I am probably going to concede eighty percent of your criticisms of Trump, and but 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 not I really, think that though, you, if you why it, can't it you take you a don't understand Trump? It's it's bad. What, what Trump did is bad, but it's also bad for the FBI to have had this closer relationship with the, his his opponents and then use that stuff to forward the campaign and to not say anything when they knew that it wasn't true. I, I, because I, I just like the whole premise of it is preposterous. Like the FBI, the, it's a bunch of woke libs out to get the Republicans. The FBI, all have kinds you ever of met FBI any people. FBI people? Like like the, the media, the 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 Peter Strzok text messages were indistinguishable from the conversations that I was having from people who are now leaders in the Republican Party, okay, from people who are like, who went in to serve Donald Trump and be his spokesperson and who are in the Senate and in the House. Like, everyone thought he was um, a danger. Everyone thought he was a menace. Everyone thought he was a liar. Everyone thought that he was, he, he was potentially compromised by the Russians uh, because of the way he behaved. And and so for you to now, then there's like, take a lesson from this, that it's like the resistance or whatever that's lost its, its credibility. Like the dossier was wrong. Some people overstepped in their messaging on it. But like the basic bitch Hillary Clinton view of Donald Trump, she's a bitch, but like, I'm just like, like the ba your basic random person's view, who's a big Hillary Clinton's fan of Donald Trump has like proven to be right. Time and time again, like he 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 li he lied. He he att he attempted to overturn the election. Right. Well, so like he he then okay. lied about it again. So We're, like so if 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 you if I just think that like this idea that the DOJ and the FBI is the uncredible one. I didn't one, say that. They I said go I down said, to Mar-a-Lago to get some documents. I, you, and for you to be like, I don't I trust, don't trust them. Trump, I trust the guy though. who's going to accuse them of planting Trump. shit. I just I'm don't accuse them of right. Okay, but you're you're going after the resistance, and it's like, what are they saying on Fox? Like, like that happens, and people on Fox and and Republican politicians, Christy Nome and senators Marco Rubio, were out there saying these guys might have planted stuff. Okay, all right. like, we're, this we're, is we're, crazy. I want to get to that. Obviously, they aren't so, planting things on Donald Trump because I think we're probably going to have less that we disagree on. Certainly on January sixth, 
I want to, though, just sort of put a bow on this because it's important. Trump won the election in 2016. From the very beginning of his presidency, there was the hot, this huge investigation hanging over it that many people believed would negate that election. And when it doesn't turn out to be the case, many people yes, believed it would negate the election. That's the point. The and that it, if it's not that, it's something else because this is the, this this has become a no. style of discourse that the resistance to Trump in many ways mimics Trump in that they are going on the suspicion the fact of an investigation to say that this is going to be the thing that's going to get him. Now, I think that we largely agree on the on the quality of I his character, and that's Hillary not the Clinton's. point. The point is, is that it put it put the country in a very what? difficult position. You have this populist, you know, liar, this con artist who wins the presidency, and. But he wins the election. He won That's the election. The problem. So after he wins the election, yeah. you cannot have a part of the executive branch, now that it has come out, not investigate him scrupulously and, in fact, take all of these steps to make it appear that he is that the these you know to to make it appear that he is going to be that he was the sort of Russian astronaut when clearly he wasn't. Eli. President Obama met with Donald Trump. They sat down in the Oval Office. He gave Donald Trump advice on what he should do, including not to hire Michael Finn. It was good advice. He should have taken it. He 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 implored all the members of his administration to work with Donald Trump on a on a clean transition to provide all the information to their counterparties. Okay, like Hillary Clinton conceded, called the elect, called Donald Trump. There were not random people with pussy hats and Hillary Clinton flags charging the Capitol on the inauguration on, on, on January no, there 20th, wasn't a limousine that was burned, but you're like, I'm sorry. There this were notion not, that there there's was like, no, okay, listen, this notion, this notion that there's this big conspiracy out there and people, there people, there was a widespread belief that, that the election was going to be nullified. Like, that's just not true. I, I, you're talking, talking about, about like random one person. Random I'm talking person about on Twitter. CNN, like right MSNBC, now, most of the Democratic... Everybody, no, if you're going to say that, that the election would be nullified, Russian asset, that's the and you're going to make that the biggest position. thing that you flood the zone on for two and a half years. Yeah. No no one said that the election would be nullified, to, uh, Eli. And that is this position, right? by the way, by the net right now, of elected Republican officials throughout the country. I, I implore you to find me a single elected Democrat at the national level who said that the election was going to be canceled and that the Hillary Clinton was going to be reinstalled because of the Bobcats no, okay. or whatever. Like, no, like none of that, none of that happened. Okay, you, like, you're, you are, you are conflating, like, your imaginary perception of like what the resistance said with the reality of how Republicans acted not, when no, Donald all, Trump I'm not draw, lost. I'm not, okay? I'm not, no, like, no, like, wait a They I'm did everything. They, Obama and Hillary did everything no, right didn't. in 2016. Hillary Clinton is, they a, did everything is a slippery that they character were supposed because to do. she did concede, but then she meets with her senior campaign people. It's all in this book by Jonathan Allen called HRC or whatever, where they meet, and then what do they do? They say, we got to start spreading around the story that this election wasn't on the up and up, and that Trump's linked to Russia, and they obviously had already paid for all this opposition research. So they did that after the election. But more importantly, there was an effort to have what they call faithless electors. If you remember, all the West Wing people did this PSA where they said, 
we're talking to you if you're a Republican elector. We're not asking you to write in Hillary, just anyone but Trump because he's not qualified. It was a huge effort at that point. It was kind of a last ditch thing. But there were plenty of people who decided that they were going to try to do anything they could to stop him from becoming president. And when he was president, they were going to do anything he could to try to either impeach him or to create some sort of legal scandal. And that's what the Russiagate stuff was. And, you know, it, it, it deformed our politics. It criminalized our politics. It was we couldn't win it in the election. So now let's use the Justice Department to do this. And when they knew that this was something that and by the way, when this was also something that was like generated in part by opposition research, as if there was all this other stuff that was out there that was so bad. It, the worst thing you've got in terms of Russia is the Manafort Kalimnik stuff. And that is largely overblown by people who 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 really cited bad. from the Senate report. And, and Donald Trump's okay, but own again, public comments. The, he won the election Donald nonetheless. Trump's own I didn't comments vote is the for him either thing. in 2016 or 2020. Okay. Okay, but where? Okay, but that is the problem. That that you keeping like, well, criminalizing Donald Trump was the problem. No, electing a criminal was the problem. I, I like Donald Trump going back to Trump University, going back to the to, to you know how he wouldn't show his tax returns because he was a tax cheat. Like his his CFO just got indicted because of this today. The serial accusations of sexual harassment that at five have been filed against him in court. Michael Cohen, this is true. They committed a campaign finance violation by paying hush money to to Stormy Daniels, and Trump directed Michael Cohen to do that. He went to jail for that. Okay, and then he didn't obstruct the Russia investigation. So this is a guy who had who was a career criminal, a career liar, and 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 the Republicans rather than standing up to him like they should have after he won the nomination and 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 supporting Hillary to keep him from winning and and because they did not want somebody with his track record and his character in the White House, they brushed it all under the rug. And then Donald Trump comes in. And so then you're like, well, we cr we're criminalizing politics because we're investigating him. What are they? No, they, they were supposed, supposed to, to run. Nothing? They were supposed they, to run. Like, a like he should have. He should have worthy of the trust of the American people. And the reason half the country doesn't trust the FBI or the Justice Department right now is not only because no, it's not but only they because get lied Trump to all the time. It's not they're not just automatons. It's because they have eyes and ears to see. And they understand that there is a double standard. Why is it, again, I raise this in other contexts, that Matt Gates, we are How told, is, is being investigated for, for child sex trafficking. It's been more than a year he hasn't been indicted. And then we find out at the end of the... Hey, Henry Quayer is getting investigated. His house, Henry Queller, or Quayer, however you say his name, is a Democrat, a congressman from Texas. His house and office was raided. Okay, no, he no, but you're missing my point. Right I don't, we still I, don't know why his I'm house and office out was raided. We find out about He's Democrats a Democrat. when they're going to be charged or when it's all over. We don't know. Why was Henry Quayer's house raided? You can Google it. We don't know still. He, he like, they haven't leaked it. They, they're... They're doing things like in the way that the FBI acts. And they just arrested the FBI just arrested a former Democratic congressman, TJ Cox. Like like this like this idea that the the FBI again is, is like is is some MSNBC. Well, okay, have you noticed people? all the it's former just, FBI it's just people insane. that are now paid analysts on MSNBC? Have you looked at, or have you looked at the Mueller team? Have you well, looked at Andrew Weiss? Well, what are they supposed to do? Go on what? Fox, where they're called liars. What are they supposed to do? Go on Fox where they are accused of fabricating evidence or how and about planting go things back to on like Donald where they Trump? don't go on TV I, all the time? It, the head of the FBI right. was appointed right. by Trump. <laughs> Trump, Trump, oh, Trump nominated right. yeah, the head of the okay. FBI. Well, the FBI's out to get the, him? Yeah, yeah, what do you you're mean? right. 
He oh, did. please. And this guy, Christopher Ray, you know, assured us that if the Devin Nunes memo was released, then we grave harm to national security. And he was cherry picking. And it turns out the Nunes memo was 100% right. So I don't know what to say about Christopher Ray at this point, other than the fact that there are, and then, you know, I mean, listen, I, we can, we can go in. I don't, I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to just, I want to get to some, some other points. I mean, we, we I, obviously, okay. Like what? I want to get to this point of, can we get back to a situation where there isn't, I guess you could say, you're, so your argument is Trump's a criminal. That's why he keeps getting investigated. Yes. Okay. Yes, exactly. And, on, and uh, 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 he's such a blatant criminal that, like, the fucking Department of Justice doesn't even know what to do, like, how to handle it. Like, it's, we're in, uh, it's like, well, this is unprecedented. It's unprecedented because we, we've never had a president like this. Like, we've never had a, a major party nominee like this. I and mean, I guess Agnew as the VP is the, is the, mo- is the only example. But, I, like, you know, his campaign chairman, Manafort, CEO, Bannon, National Security Advisor, Flynn, Deputy Campaign Manager, Gates, Lawyer, Cohen, Fixer, Stone, Finance Chair, Barrick, CFO, Weisselberg. All of them have been That's indicted. That's a little bit of a... Like, like there's okay, no... I'm there's sorry, no but comparison like the quality of those there, indictments no, vary uh, greatly. Okay, I mean, I'm sorry, but like, I'm not okay, going to accept this sure, argument that like Flynn sure. was indicted but, uh, so because he, he committed... you know, they were squeezing him and said they are going to prosecute his son, and he didn't even really lie to the FBI. And, it was, and by the way, the FBI... Like sure. didn't even think, he, you know, had, was ready to close this investigation when they finally released the transcript okay. of this phone call that started the whole thing off. You realize what the hell was this about? That's to me an example of them putting their thumb on the scale. You can go through the list of other stuff too. We can do another. Thank God they did. By the way, thank God they did. Michael Flynn is an absolutely insane. Well, I'm person glad you mentioned it. I would argue that Michael Flynn was like, a what the hero. Hell would we have done if he when was he was serving in advisor. Iraq and Afghanistan and revolutionizing their intelligence, and he was probably driven nuts. Sure, by plenty of people. A concerted effort of the most elite people in media, the Democratic Party, and former FBI people. No. No, Barack Obama. Before all this happened, Barack Obama realized that he he had you know he had a screw loose. I don't know what happened. I'm sure he was a hero at, at one point. I do not. I, I certainly don't want to besmirch. You his get no argument the that country. What he says, what he said since 2020, he has totally he had a nuts. screw loose. Okay. I'm not is yeah. completely nuts. Okay. He's a seditionist. He wants to end our democracy. All right. So Trump, again, I, I've already done this, but Trump University, the tax crimes, the tax, like, what do you want? Like, like again, he. You know, and th- so this was all the pre twenty sixteen stuff. Now we now he's in the office. The tearing up of the presidential records. The the he's defrauding taxpayers by forcing Mike Pence to stay at Trump properties on the other side of the country when he goes to visit foreign trips. He then pressures Raffensperger. He commits seditious conspiracy to overturn the twenty twenty election. There's a fucking riot at the Capitol where five people die. Like, what well, do you five want? people died Eli, at the Capitol? Like, what, like what, what more what? do you want? Well, I, no, I'm saying what that's Don, Donald Trump is morally and practically responsible for those deaths. Mitch McConnell said no, no, wait, that, wait, the wait, Republican right, Senate listen. leader. Okay, I believe that he incited the crowd. Like, okay, that that they that he insisted that he'd won the election and that all these people came to Washington and it, he has responsibility for it. You get no argument from me. I supported his second impeachment. He's he's solely responsible. Had any other politician in history been in his shoes, those people would be what, alive. What, what, those people Al would Gore be alive. acted what are you responsibly. About? What, Hillary what Clinton. Mean? Yeah, the the people that died at the the people that died at the Capitol, their deaths 
are are I'm Donald Trump is responsible with the, for with your he, formulation he in recklessly that way reckless endangerment? Why? 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 Because I had, care why? a lot yeah. about had, had Donald the Trump standard won. of incitement, and I think that you cannot. I agree, he's responsible for the riot, but I still think you have to never hold individuals responsible. There never would have been a riot. I mean, the person responsible for killing that nobody poor woman, Ashley, whatever, would have been is the there. cop who shot her. And I don't want to get in this situation. I just think that it's a separate issue. Yeah, well, a- well, Ashley Babbitt wouldn't be Ashley Babbitt wouldn't wouldn't be there had Mike Pence been the party's nominee or Jeb Bush or Marco yeah, Rubio. Yeah, but I'm just I'm uncomfortable with Romney, I'm uncomfortable with George H.W. Bush or Ronald Reagan or Al Gore or Hillary Clinton. You like is that like that? The only reason the riot happened is because Donald Trump is a man child. And can't admit that he lost, and 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 is continuing to advance a like absolutely preposterous, insane lie about the the fact that the election was stolen with him from him. The fact that he used multiple avenues to pressure secretaries of state, to pressure vote counters, to hold rallies, to you know berate election officials, to you know try to get state legislators to shirk their constitutional responsibility. Like all of that happened because of Donald Trump. If it wasn't Donald Trump, like we've had a lot of elections before, we have a lot of evidence of this. Like other people lose, and they just well, lose. Well, the 2018 right? governor's the race, in, nothing in, there in, on January 6th. Sure, I'm not going to argue with how yeah, deplorable great. his behavior was in 2020. I would like to stop him, and this gets to the final part of right. it's criminal. It's criminal. It's, his behavior is well, criminal, though. Uh, in 2020, manifestly criminal. He tried to overturn the um, election. He tried to go I outside. I guess I, I'm, of way, I'm way, if, if he gets charged the, for seditious conspiracy he tried again, to pressure. I'm open to seeing the charges. And but it, it, I mean, we can. What more does this person have to do for you okay, to charge this him? Gets, this is like, now we're getting I mean, to for a crime. What I want to, want to, let's end it on on this on this this point. I want to put this to you and sort of see okay. what you say. Do you think indicting Donald Trump for? mishandling classified information and obstructing an investigation into a dispute with the National Archive. I'm not asking about whether you think it's a solid legal case, because I think that if I, I, it looks like he definitely lied to the FBI. I'm asking if it's prudent to <laughs> indict him, given the state of the country, but more importantly, given the fact that we have these institutions which need to have broad democratic legitimacy that are lacking it right now so do you think that pursuing trump in that way is going to break the grip that trump has on his millions of supporters do you think it's going to let us close the chapter or do you think it's going to further inflame a bunch of people who already don't believe in the fbi and this other stuff that's my my I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. Neither does Merrick Garland. You no, have to do you do not. No, no, no. Wait a Donald second. They, that's not how the, how it works. You have Donald to make Trump a prudential has shit. His to whole life. All of this stuff. If you're the attorney general, there's that's not true. It's you don't know. He doesn't know. He doesn't know what the what the Newsmax crowd is going to do. See, this is why I think people kind of this? got the Lindsey Graham like, comments wrong. Like, I don't think Lindsey Graham's threatening riots in the streets. I think he's basically saying, "Listen, I'm in touch with a lot of people who support Donald Trump." They think it's a travesty if you go ahead and you do this, especially if it's if it's on like a dispute with the National Archive or something like that. And it's not a serious thing like, you know, if let me put it like this. If they found evidence that Trump was like, bring the Proud Boys, tell them to 
arm themselves. We're going to we're going to stop the election. I mean, yeah, put them in the clink. And I might even be convinced, by the way, on this thing that put them in the clink, depending on what the documents are. So I'm not even putting up that. I'm just saying that's a real concern, especially since I think that there are fair and legitimate grievances that Trump supporters would have based on how he was treated for the first two and a half years. I know we disagree on that. But do you think that this is the best way to get us to a post-Trump period? None of us know. It's the real answer. And I, and I just I refuse to say that he should not be held accountable because maybe there's going to be some unforeseen backlash to it. I, like, look, Lindsey Graham, I, I agree he wasn't threatening it, but, but it, is, it, it, is, it is demonstrating this mass imbalance where we're supposed to be held hostage by these people who have been lied to. Again, you keep saying that it's based on the details of the 2017-18 election. No. The people who, who stormed the Capitol, the people who might riot if Donald Trump are, 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 is indicted, have been lied to over and over again. And, I, and, and, and I, so I don't want to one more time just distinguish between I, I think that maybe my homework for you, if you don't do this, is to spend a few hours watching Newsmax and, re- and listening to Steve Bannon's podcast and understanding the distinction between the type of information and going on Truth Social that these people are getting versus the resistance stuff that you like to you know make fun of. And I think that that is more in your face so you can understand how they exaggerate and use hyperbole at times, but it is a category difference from the, from the lies that have been perpetrated and the, and, the, and the inflaming of the base. And the people who are responsible for the lying, for the inflaming of Donald Trump's base are Donald Trump and his media stooges who continue to inflame and lie to them. Okay, it's not Merrick Garland's responsibility to know whether Alex Jones and Steve Bannon and, you know, the host and Greg, whatever his name is on Newsmax, like are, are, are going to and the truth social people are going to stoke a riot. I, it's not his responsibility. He has to do he has to hold. Eventually, Donald Trump has to be held accountable for his illicit activity. And so that is what I think. I don't know the best way to move on from him. Frankly, I do know the best way to move on for him would have been for seven more Republicans or 10 more Republican senators to have had had the balls to have convicted him, which it sounds like it's something uh, we agree on second impeachment. Uh, over January 6th. Then he w- then he wouldn't have been able to run again. He would have been barred from running. And I, what my opinion is, is that regardless of what Merrick Garland would have done, the Republican base would have very quickly moved on to Ron DeSantis and we'd be back to some kind of like quasi stasis period without this person here that the republican senators once again did not have the balls to do that and so here we are and so and i i don't think that he gets a get out of jail free card because you know it might because his supporters might you know fucking let set fire to the capitol again did you notice that since the mar-a-lago raid desantis you know, is everybody around his campaign saying, oh, well, you know, better luck next time. At least he's young. And. OK, These fair enough. No, no, that's a good anything. point. I'm sorry, Eli. These people don't know anything. They've been totally they were totally wrong in 2015 mm. and 2016. They don't know anything. OK, Donald Trump might totally 
just flame out in the next two months. I don't think that's going to happen, but like everyone is so responsive to the last media cycle and blah, blah, blah. There's one good poll that Donald Trump has because people are mad because it's on Fox. They don't, if Don, Ron DeSantis wants to beat Donald Trump and if people in the anti anti Trump category, whatever you would call yourself, want to beat Donald we're Trump, neither, they should we're try neither to beat Trumpers. Donald Trump. And Ron DeSantis, because okay, I, neither I'm, Trumpers, I'm against neither Trump, Trumpers, Ron DeSantis. It. Yeah, okay. Well, my yeah. advice to neither Trumpers. Is for is to actually try to beat Donald Trump for once instead of spending six years complaining about oh, me come on, Tim, and complaining complain about, about you and complaining about Adam Schiff. No, but I mean, why do you I? Attack, you I, can't I, do that. I don't, you can. I'm that's fine. But if you, you want to beat Donald Trump, no, I just mean in, I, I'm not mean me in particular. I just mean that the neither Trumpers, if it, rather than complaining about the people who who are who tried to beat Donald Trump which I did two times three times really in a primary and a general and then in a oh, four times cuz then I tried to recruit someone to primary against him and then I worked against him in the general so four times I attempted to defeat Donald Trump at the ballot box a lot of the neither trumpers sit on the sidelines and well, okay, complain I'm, about I'm, our tactics or whatever that haven't done anything to try to beat him. So if Ron DeSantis wants to beat him, he should try to beat him. And I don't think that this indict that like, oh, I throw up my hands. Oh, poor Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott, Marco Rubio. We have no chance to beat him now. We can't do we Our only choice is to is to blame the FBI and say that they're planting documents, you know, rather than to say the fucking truth about Donald Trump and the fact that he's a liar and that uh, he's an anti-Democrat and that he's an anti-Democrat wannabe autocrat that, that actually scams over the very people that he claims to help. Okay, how about that? How about Ron DeSantis say, I actually care about the MAGA voters and want to help your life. I'm not going to send you to jail on behalf of a fucking lie. I'm not going to scam you over with my fake university. Maybe that would work. Maybe that wouldn't work. I don't know. But I know what certainly will not work is sitting on the sidelines and complaining about the fucking Lincoln Project. That's well, not going to get... I, that's I, not I don't gonna understand be why people who want to defeat that. Donald Trump wouldn't be the first people who would be furious at the Lincoln Project. Like, do you think the Lincoln Project is helping defeat Trump? Do you, I mean, seriously. Do you think, like, do you, I mean, I, I'm saying these I, are the no, guys who, like, I, did a I don't phony care. I don't, like, what do you, Charlottesville cares? stunt. to. They, 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 they were the lost. biggest. They were an in-kind contribution to uh, the governor of Virginia. Okay. All right, but okay, they opposed him. Greg, Ron DeSantis voted for Donald Trump. Like, what are you talking about? Ron DeSantis won't criticize Donald Trump. Ron DeSantis won't say anything was wrong about January 6th. He hasn't had a negative thing to say. So, like, who's who, who, whose side do I fall on on that? Yeah, the people that oppose Donald like, Trump and oppose like, his attempt binary, to become an elected Tim, like, why autocrat, does it have to Eli. Be That's whose side I like fall on. One or the other, like... Why does it have to be binary? Because you have to either beat Donald Trump or you can support him. You can be neutral, I guess. I guess there are three options. You can try to beat Donald no, Trump. You I mean, can listen, support him. Or you can be not, neutral. I, it's not I think the people yet, who tried to why beat can't him. All like, of what the, are you talking uh, about? You know, all the efforts of the bulwark go into trying to find, well, like, build a third party or something. Why don't you do that? Well, I tried to fucking recruit a, a challenger to Donald Trump in 2019. What have you done? What are you talking about, Eli? Look, and when it, you want you want the bulwark and Merrick Garland and everyone else 
to take responsibility for the people that have collaborated with and enabled and supported Donald Trump. I'm sorry, it's not our responsibility. I started and worked for Republican Voters Against Trump, and we actually went out and tried to defeat Donald Trump to get people who were Republican and who were voting for Republicans down ballot to vote for Joe Biden at the top of the ballot. I would think you would want to, that the neither Trumpers would want to give me a star, but no, that gets them in trouble with, with you know, Daddy MAGA and the, Listen, and the people in the MAGA pro- people are angry ecosystem. at me too. So I'm not I, it's not Merrick Garland's not, responsibility uh, to be I don't Trump. think it is. Okay? I don't think it it's is Merrick Garland. Repu- I don't, it's Republicans' responsibility I didn't say to do Garland's it. responsibility to be Trump. I just think that if he's going to decide whether to indict a former president, he needs to consider all of these other factors that we're talking about. That's what I said. Now, on this other point, though, which is what you're know. raising, my point is that there are a number of Americans, I would say a majority of Americans that are sick and tired of the democratic party and want a third option so it seems like there there's there's a there's a great opportunity right now to have something that is either a republican who isn't trump but somebody who because the democrats i mean mean, it's not a a podcast today about the dems but you really think that like that's the part of it that i like okay fine i don't like trump either but i don't want to that doesn't mean i'm gonna like get behind all this other stuff right yeah. Eli, okay. I've got some bad news for you. I really do. I'm yeah. sorry to break this to you. Are you ready? In the exit polls, when when you asked people who voted for Donald Trump whether they had a favorable view of him or not, over 90% said they had a favorable view of him. This notion that there's like this clamoring among voters for a third party that, that could break off from the crazy MAGAs is just not true. It's a handful of people who live in the pockets of prosperity. I'm willing to bet that, the, the, uh, that, that, we that a lot of the like, Trump that's it. supporting is, polls uh, is an expression of negative partisanship. Okay. I mean, I, isn't that a version of what you guys, is, you're, you're I, like, I guess, you're going to support the Democrats as a negative response to Trump. I get it. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So creating a third option is just going to divide the people that are negatively part who cares? Like we can argue about whether a third party is a good idea or not. Like that that's a strategic tactical argument. What I what I what the point that I'm trying to make is is that is that you are you are like wishing upon all of us like the people in the quote unquote resistance to like act in a way that helps the little baby Republicans have a nice, sweet little off ramp from Donald Trump onto Ron DeSantis. And I'm saying like, that's not our job. Okay. That's not our job. The jo- it is the, if the, if there are, is a group within the Republican party, I tried this by the way, twice. And so I, and I've now been cast out, but if there's a group within the Republican party that wants to move on and think the best way to help our country is to, is to move on from somebody that tried to become an unelected autocrat, then maybe they should try to do it rather than just hope that he'll have a heart attack or that the voters will come to their senses or whatever and blame the indictment on the fact that once again, good Ron DeSantis and good Marco Rubio can't do anything. They got no choice again but to line up behind the person that inspired a riot at the Capitol. Like, give me a break. How about take some, how about take some responsibility and right, try well, to actually I'll, stop that, him from within? That's a, probably a good enough place to end it. I would just say I am a journalist. I am not a partisan or an activist of sorts, but I can certainly see where you're coming from in that you have a lot of frustration with people who probably privately tell you in the Republican Party how much how bad Trump is, but they don't do anything about it. And listen, here, let's end it on a note of comedy with a T. Yeah. Load of comedy. The whole, the whole party. Uh, I mean, some of the things that people have said about you, Tim, is really awful and deplorable. And 
I wanted to have you on in part today because I think we should get back to a vigorous debate and discourse and stop siloing ourselves in various media things. So I really want to thank you for coming into the re-education camp. We, we, we really did the work. And I'd like to have you back. We should talk with. I do not feel re-educated, but I'm very happy to be here. I do not feel re-educated, but I'm very. I was very happy to do it, despite my eye rolling, which people aren't going to be able to see on the uh, on on the audio podcast. But they could maybe hear the eye roll in my tone. But I thank you for the comedy. I I was really happy to come do this. And you know, if I'm sure you have maybe some other other fans, some other listeners down the down the rabbit hole from neither all the way to reluctant and maybe some of those people have me on i'm happy to have right. to talk well, to anyone is, anytime thank you again it was a contentious one and, and, and well, you, maybe brother. i'll come on yours how about that all right thanks tim i would all love right. that we'll see you later. this has been the re-education with eli lake a nebulous production please find us wherever you find your podcast and if you are listening on apple podcasts please leave a five-star review It helps other people find the show and makes us feel really good about what we're doing. 